everyone, welcome back to Board Guy Rambles into Phone. This week's episode is brought to you by the impending destruction of the United States. Fuck the 4th of July, fuck your fireworks, fuck this country. Anyways, moving on. Uh, yeah, I haven't had an episode in a few weeks. Uh, I wanted to do a Forbidden Door pre- uh, predictions episode, review, one of the bank predictions... I guess this is still technically going to partly be a review of that, so I guess I can't say I'm not going to get to do that. But, uh, yeah, I wanted to do all those. Uh, Then I got COVID, so that stopped that from happening. Uh, Yeah, uh, I made it like 827 days without getting COVID, and then finally got COVID. Great. Uh... Yeah, two weeks ago, Monday, or two weeks ago from tomorrow, I guess. Uh, My mom got it, then like three days later I got it, and we both hadn't had it before. Uh, But, uh, uh, like, if one of us got it, the other was going to get it shortly thereafter. That's what happens when you live with someone, basically. Uh... Thankfully, it was only basically a bad sinus infection, uh, or uh, with a cough. I don't normally cough when I get a sinus infection, but other than that, that's pretty much what it was. Fever for a couple days, sinus infection symptoms the rest of the time. Uh, took about four days to, uh, to start actually feeling better, and I'm fine now, so cough every now and then, but, uh, but yeah, things are fine now, uh, and it was only just a sinus infection, basically, because of three vaccines, of course, because those work, and, yeah, that, that, that's how that goes, probably would have died without them, so, thankfully, those exist, uh, yeah, but, uh, I, yeah, I tested positive six days before Forbidden Door, and, uh, I tried to do predictions the night before, it just wasn't happening, I was still coughing too much to really do an episode, even if it was gonna be a short one, uh, especially cause I, I was, uh, I was still going to go to Forbidden Door as long as I could, like, I'm like, I'm, like, the Monday it happened, I'm like, like, I'm going to be better by Sunday. I'm going to be better by Sunday. I'm going to be better by Sunday. It's just like, I'm forcing this away. I'm like, I'm forcing this out of me. Like, I, I did not spend $200 for tickets to Forbidden Door to not go to it. No way. I'm 
basically not going to try to sell them until the day of, and on the day of, like, anybody who can't go is going to be selling them, so you can't you can't really try to sell them for face value or however much you paid for, because you want, at that point, you just want somebody to buy them, and, like, if, if so many people are selling them, well, if yours are for 200 and someone's selling them for $4, apparently. So, uh, we'll talk about, I guess we'll just talk about Forbidden Door first, because I've already been talking about it, even though Money in the Bank is more fresh on my mind, because uh, it just happened last night. I mean, Forbidden Door was only a week ago, but it feels like two months ago at this point, because uh, this, this has been one very long week for whatever reason. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, Forbidden Door was really, really good, it, despite all of the uh, injuries and stuff that caused the card to change. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
that's me. It's hurting me for no reason whatsoever. Anyways, uh, started the show with, uh, Jericho and Sammy and Suzuki, the most important person on that team. In fact, the only important person on that team, uh, against, uh, Eddie Kingston, uh, Shota Umino, and, uh, somebody else that I can't think of at the moment. It's been a week. Uh, this is annoying. Why can't I think of who who else was on the team? Uh, Wheeler Yuta. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. Uh, anyways. Uh, yeah. This match was really good. Kind of a little long, but it was really good. Uh, got to see Suzuki wrestle. So, cross that off the wrestling bucket list. Uh, uh, Shota uh, Umino uh, really showed out in this match. Had a really big hope spot at the end before he, before he lost to I expected the heels to win, so. Uh, but yeah, th this was a this was a really fun match. Uh, crowd was amazing throughout the entire show. Uh, I should say immediately. Uh, second match, uh, the tag title match. FTR, United Empire, and uh, Rapungi Vice. Whichever one it is. Uh, also really good. Dax uh, got hurt in this match, which is unfortunate. We can't just we, we can't just avoid injuries. We just have to have all of them, I guess. Uh, but yeah, two another really another great match. I mean, uh, I don't have too much to say about it. Again, like it's been a week, so. Uh, I don't even know if I remember the order of uh, everything. I think the All-Atlantic title match was next. Uh, unfortunately, Ishii couldn't be in this match. She got hurt. Yeah, that's sad. Uh, this match took a little while to get going, but after it did, it, it turned out pretty good, too. Uh, I was really expecting Miro to win. And I was surprised that Pac did. Not that that's a bad thing. I mean, was not what I expected. Poor Connors just ended up being part of this match as the guy who replaced Ishii uh, did put Miro through a table. Though. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, if I get match order wrong, don't be surprised. Uh, just talk about, uh, I think the the Young Bucks match was next. Young Bucks in ELP against Sting, Darby, and uh, Shingo. Hiromu couldn't be in this match because of a fever, which makes me sad. Uh, match was fine. Uh, Getting to see Sting wrestle is cool, but like 
I don't know. It, it was one of the lesser matches on the show to me, to be honest. Uh, women's match was next. A little slow in the beginning, but it, it the end was good. I was a little confused because Tony kicked out of Rose's finisher, it seemed, and then she had to use another one. I guess it was Goldust finisher at some point to to win, which is kind of strange, but okay. Like I don't know what was wrong with her first finisher, like why it really needed to be kicked out of, but okay. Uh, I'm going to leave a match out here. Because, like, I'm about to go... I'm about to talk about Orange Cassidy versus Juice. Not Juice. It would have been better if it was Juice, but it was Osprey. So, Ocean Spray. Uh, which... It's a shame Osprey is such a terrible human being because he's really good at wrestling. But it's a sh- it, it's just a shame he's, he's a shitty human. So, uh, I mean, it was a really good match. Maybe a little too long, but other than that, it was pretty good. Uh, then, uh, Shibata showing up at the afterwards. That was awesome. Uh, then, uh, DSJ versus Claudio, which... Like I don't know why people. Some people thought it was going to be Gargano. I don't really know why. Uh, Gargano does not fit Blackpool Combat Club at all. But yeah, this this match was great. Uh, great to see Claudio there. Uh, almost thought I was going to win in three seconds, but then he did not. <coughs> Someone behind me kept uh, saying really crazy things anytime DSJ put a submission on because like all of his submissions have crazy names and it's like some at like one point he was like oh no it's the it's the Suicide Squad movie but not the James Gunn version or something like that so <laughs> that was that was pretty hilarious uh but yeah uh Claudio wins hooray not really a surprise uh Fatal four-way for the IWGP title. Adam Cole, Adam Page, Jay White, Okada. It was great. Uh, went about how you expected it to. I mean, like, I knew Jay White was going to retain. Uh, unfortunately, Adam Cole got a concussion in this match, so, like, I didn't know that that happened, so the finish was kind of weird. Because, uh, like, Jay just goes and pins Adam, and it was, like, and just pins him. But it seemed like nothing had happened to him. So it's like, why was there a pin? Uh, I guess he was probably supposed to take the Rainmaker and then uh, instead of duck it. But it is what it is. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Moxley versus Tanahashi was really good. No idea why Moxley was busted open on a swing blade. Uh, but, yeah, Moxley... W- wins the interim title. Still don't like the fact that it's an interim title, but it is what it is. That's what they're doing. So, 
can't really change that. Uh, but yeah, it, it was a good match. It wasn't one of the better matches on the show, but it was it was good. Uh, Moxley winning was the right call. Uh, I guess a lot of people online were pissed off because something or were disappointed. It's like, well, what were they going to do? Not have a champion on their show for months? Because, I mean, like, y'all, like, you're pissed off that, and complain that Brock is the champion and never on the show, and now Roman's the champion and never on the show. Well, okay, Tanahashi wins, then what? He's never going to be on the show. He's not going to be there all the time. So, I mean, you want a champion that's on your show, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, Really, really good show in spite of the fact that there is a lot of injuries and stuff that affected the card. Uh, so, uh, yeah, um, I mean, Blood and Guts happened on Wednesday. It is what it is. Uh, I mean, it's fine if you like really long cage matches. I guess, uh, and Moxley bleeding more, uh, yeah, uh, so then we have Money in the Bank last night, uh, I really wasn't looking forward to much of it, uh, if I'm being perfectly honest, and then I almost considered just watching the Money in the Bank matches and not watching the entire show. Just because, like, that's all I really cared about, uh, even at all, is the Money in the Bank matches. Uh, nothing else on the show really was any seemed like anything worth my time. But I ended up watching it anyway, just because I had nothing else to do. Uh, which is how they get, which is how I think they get a lot of people to watch their shit. Just having nothing else to do at the same time. Uh, I think they bank on that a little too much. Uh, yeah, uh, the women's money in the bank match was first. Uh, I noticed, like, there was a lot of people doing, like, one thing to somebody and then trying to climb the ladder instead of, like, actually trying to take people out, it seemed. Like, there was a number of times, like, someone would just run up the ladder someone would take them down and then that person would like punch them and then like then climb it's like you need to do more than that it's not like hey let's do this one move and think that's gonna be enough time for me to climb this ladder there it seemed like there was a lot of that or i'm like i'm gonna pull you down and then like knock throw you in the rope or something i don't know stuff like that like if you watch it you'll know what i mean it's like a lot of uh doing something but nothing like super significant that would take someone out. Uh, there were, uh, there were fun, like there were fun spots in it, but uh, like, like everyone got piled on a ladder that was in the corner, and then like Becky did a, a, a leg drop onto it or something. Uh, unfortunately, like there's like two times like shots they botched. Like she fell, which was unfortunate. She tried to make up for it though, so. Uh, I mean, shit happens. Uh, 
But like the one where the, the, they had the, there was, some of them was in an electric chair position and then like they fell backwards into a ladder that knocked it over. Like that ladder was very clearly coming down. And like, I knew that was gonna, something was gonna get fucked up there. Because like, you could see that it was starting to come down. I'm like, starting to push back together. And like the, the supports in the middle were like at a 40, at like a 90 degree angle. It's like, this ladder's coming down. You have to do something about this or something's gonna go wrong. And sure enough, something did. Uh, uh, there was one spot in the beginning where uh, Raquel was like lifting up the ladder with two people on it, but she only got it a little bit off the ground. I'm like, if you got that above your head, I would have actually been impressed, maybe. But you, you only lifted it a little bit above the ground, so I'm like, well, never mind. Like, Raquel, I'm trying to be moderately impressed by you, even though I'm never gonna like you. Like, you could have done something there, and I would have actually been moderately impressed, but you didn't get there. So, too bad. I feel like Raquel is destined to be the next Charlotte, in the sense that she's, she's gonna think that she's stronger than she actually is, lift someone up, and then drop them onto a, the top turnbuckle by accident three times in one match. Looking at you, Charlotte. Uh, anyways, uh, feel like that's destined to happen. Becky jumped, uh, dove off a ladder and, like, just kind of did a senton on Asuka, who was on a ladder. Uh, didn't go through the ladder. I don't know if it was supposed to. I'm gonna guess not. Uh, so, uh, but ultimately, uh, uh, after four of them fall off the ladder, Becky's going for it. Uh, Liv climbs up. Uh, Becky tries to push her off, but she rebounds off, off the rope. Uh, uh, kicks her off the ladder, and Liv wins. Liv, the actual person who should have won this match, and I had no faith that she was actually going to win this match. Liv won the fucking match. So, ultimately, like, to start the show, they already made the show about as good as it possibly could have been, because, I mean, at least at that point, I'm like, I don't think there's anyone in the men's match that's going to piss me off for winning. So, ultimately, this is already as good as the show can be, I think. Because I like I was 100% expecting Lacey to win because it, it just seemed like it, it seemed like it was hers to win. Uh, I mean, like Raquel, maybe she could have won. No one would have been a surprise if Becky won. Becky hasn't won Money in the Bank before, and even though she should have won it the first time, uh, it existed for women. Uh, but yeah, uh, I was 100% expecting Lacey to win this. It's like July 2nd, two days before 4th of July, she's military person, like she just came back, this seems like hers to win uh like I, like, I don't bet money on it, but I probably would have, I had no like, I had like, Liv was 100% the person I wanted to win the most, uh and she won, and was not expecting it, so that's great more later. Uh, Bobby versus Theory for the U.S. title next. I was not expecting Bobby to win the U.S. title, but he did. Match was actually someone under was actually more entertaining than I thought it was. Uh, the crowd was really hot for this show, this entire show too, which 
surprised me, considering the state of things, but they were really hot for it, so good for them. Uh, I mean, like, they were so, like, so hot for the show that I thought, I would, I'm like, this has to be piped in. This has to be. But then there's chants later in the show that definitely weren't pop, uh, piped in, because, like, they were chanting for Pat McAfee, it's like, there's, I'm like, there's no way they ch they piped in Pat McAfee chants, I'm like, wow, the crowd really does like, is, re is really this excited for the show, this is a, a surprise, if you hear any, like, explosions happening, there's fireworks going on all around me, uh, it's kind of annoying, uh, but yeah, uh, Bobby wins, wasn't expecting that, uh, given what happens later, I guess I sh should have wanted Bobby to lose, uh, but yeah, uh, unfortunately, B Bianca was forced to face Carmella, considering Rhea is hurt, I was looking forward to Bianca versus Rhea, but alas, we got this, it was fine, it was a quick match, I don't really know why I got a video package, considering it wasn't even supposed to be the match that happened. They had a two-week feud that wasn't really a feud. Uh, Bianca won pretty dominantly, which is fine. I mean, like, Bianca was going to win. Like, if Bianca lost, there would have been a problem. Uh, and, I mean, Bianca really should have should have won dominantly, considering she beat Carmella three times last year. So, I mean, like, this isn't a surprise. And... Uh, Carmilla attacks her after the match for some reason. They better not have another match, is all I'm saying. Because uh, they're... they're she, but, uh, I mean, that's how Carmilla feuds happen. She loses clean and then gets two more matches anyway. I don't understand. I'll never understand. <laughs> uh, so, if we get Bianca Carmilla at SummerSlam, again, don't be surprised, but hopefully not. It would be funny if Bianca vs. Carmella starts, or is about to happen at SummerSlam, and then Bailey returns instead and just gets rid of uh, Carmella. Just like Becky came back last year, but then Bailey, but Bailey doesn't win, unlike Becky. Uh, it would be amusing if that happened, just to fuck over Carmella again. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Just hoping that doesn't happen. Then Bianca moves on to something else. Uh, yeah, uh, Street uh, Street Profits versus Usos. Great match. Uh, I mean, I would have liked the finish to be a little bit better. Just felt like, oh, I threw you over the barricade. Now we can win. It's just like, this match was... Not that I'm complaining about the length, but it was kind of long. It's just like, maybe you should have tried to throw him over the barricade earlier. If you did that, this match would have been a little faster and would have been on again. Uh, but that's fine. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was great. Uh, and Montez's shoulder was up, uh, apparently. So, rematch at SummerSlam, obviously. Uh... Ronda versus Nanny, I didn't see all of because I had to do work-related things, which is fine because I wasn't going to watch this match to begin with because it's Ronda and it's Nanny. 
uh, two very unwatchable wrestlers. Uh, uh, you have to have one of them against somebody I at least like to even get me to watch them. Even then, I might still not. Uh, but if you put me put them both against each other, I ain't watching it because it's garbage. They're, if they're both garbage, I'm not watching it. Uh, yeah. Also, Ronda wearing pride gear is weird considering we know that she's a transphobe. It's just kind of odd. Like, if they, people wearing pride gear is perfectly fine, it's just... It's odd when we know the person's transphobic. So... I don't know. Uh... Yeah. Uh... Also, like, the worst thing going within wrestling had to be their Twitter exchanges, and I don't even read them. Or, like, don't even, even follow either of them. Like, I'm not saying, like, I, like, I, they, uh, unfortunately, these got tweeted into my timelines by other people, like, screenshots of them. It's like, why? Why are you doing this? Like, why are you trying to make me read this? I'm like, after reading this, I'm like, thank you. God, I'm blocked by Natalia, and thank God I have Ronda blocked. God. Anyways. Uh. Now, before the end of this match, it's like, okay, Liv has money in the bank. She's gonna hold that a while. I mean, like, Rhea's gonna eventually beat Bianca for the title somewhere down the line. Not soon, but somewhere. And then Liv cashes in on Rhea. Obviously, that makes perfect sense. That writes itself. Uh, so I'm like, they're they're not cashing in tonight. She's not cashing in tonight. Uh, I mean, like, maybe they might make it seem like she might. Just like, I mean, Carmella did beat down Bianca after the match, but I mean, it wasn't much of a beat down, and Bianca was fine. And I mean, like, Liv wouldn't cash in on the face anyway. Uh, so, I mean, like, she, that wouldn't have made any sense. Like, that would have been an L. Uh, and I'm like, but up, but this match ends and Liv runs out here. I'm like, no, don't do this. No. Like, there's no way. Like, I don't know what it is, but they can't give us a women's money in the bank winner that holds the briefcase more than a month. But I don't know why. It just doesn't work. Only Carmella has hold the, held the thing longer than a month. Because Bliss... Because we had... Okay, Carmella won it. She she held it till after WrestleMania. Bliss won it. She cashed in the same night. Uh, next... That was 2018. So, 2019. Uh, who won in 2019? Fuck. That, that, had, to be, that had to be uh, the one Bailey won, right? Yeah, that's the one Bailey won. Cash in the same night. Uh, t 2020. Oscar wins. She gets the title next night because uh, Becky had to leave. Uh, because she was pregnant, obviously. So maybe Oscar would have held it a lot longer. We don't know. But since because of the situation, it didn't happen that way. Uh, and last year, Nikki Ash has it for a month. Cashes in. And now. Liv cashes in same night. Like three, three of the past four 
have cashed in within a day. Or three have cashed in on the same night. One of them has got it the, the next day. One of them made it a month later. Like, why can't they? Ha why can't we have a female money in the bank holder that ha has it longer than a month? And I mean, at this point, I'm like, because they, they made it a made a point say earlier that that whoever wins the female money in the bank uh, case always wins, always gets the always gets the title. They made it a point to say that. I'm like, oh my. Fuck! Why is Liv cashing in on Ronda? Like, I was a hundred. I was waiting for Liv to lose. Like, I that, like, why? Like, there's no. Like, I can't foresee why Liv would cash in here and win. Like, I didn't see mo some of this match, but it's just freaking Natalia, and it's again Ronda's supposed to be an unbeatable badass who beats everyone instantly. So like. There's no way. Uh, it's not like maybe if, like if Charlotte or Becky came out with the briefcase there, then maybe okay, I would have believed it. But like Liv comes out there, I'm like, oh fuck, they're just sending her out there to lose because they, once again, have no idea what to do with the the women's money in the bank case. They're just gonna be like, hey, Liv won. Well, so much for that, and just ruined everything. But. No, Liv actually won. Shock. I'm like, okay. Liv saved the SmackDown Women's Championship for a month or two, I guess. Hooray! And, like, she, like, finally, someone who deserves it has the title. You never, like... That was, so, that was great. Uh, celebration was awesome. I've watched it multiple times. Uh, I wish she would hold it for more than two months, but I'm, I, I don't, I don't foresee her getting past two pay-per-views with it, because apparently Liv versus Ronda is just going to happen at SummerSlam, like, do you really think Liv is going to actually beat Ronda one-on-one, no, without it being cash-in after a match, hard to believe, uh, Unless Charlotte interferes and costs Ronda the match, which is what I'm going to expect to happen. Uh, Charlotte's going to interfere. Liv will retain. They'll have a triple threat at Clash at the Castle, where Charlotte will win because she is the quote unquote queen. And it's a castle clash. So, they don't care about logic or people having the belt that deserve it. They just care about, hey, the queen won a match at the castle thing. Gross. Uh, but, uh, yeah. For now, someone who deserves it has it, so congrats, Liv. You deserve it. Uh, begs the question what uh, the Raw Women's title match will be if it's just going to be Bianca versus Carmella again, or like, like, it could be Bianca versus Becky. I would rather it be Bianca versus Asuka. Maybe, but like Becky has to be on the show somewhere. Where the fuck is Bailey? How about Bailey versus Becky? We've never gotten that before. Oh, also on the show there was this weird, like creepy vignette for somebody, 
and I mean we don't really I guess we don't have a guarantee of who it is but the assumption is that it's for Edge because there's like uh, the Bubba R the Dudley Boys glasses and there's a Kurt Angle gold medal and there's a an Eddie Guerrero license plate etc etc um, there's a Hardy Boys thing in there somewhere too so I'm like that makes it seem like it's for like for Edge because Edge has faced all those people but like Edge has been gone for only like four weeks why the fuck does he need a vignette like there's no reason for Edge to get a vignette four weeks like we know he's coming back like he, all he did was get a concerto not an actual injury like Judgment Day is facing the Mysterios tomorrow night on Raw that in itself screams Edge is returning af after this match because Judgment Day who just stole his faction is now facing the Mysterios and he fucking loves Ray. everyone knows that I mean, I guess it's not kayfabe technically, but everyone knows, everyone who knows anything about Edge knows he loves Rey Mysterio. Like, it's, this is pretty well known. So I'm like, that screams Edge is returning after this match when Judgment Day is beating the fuck out of Rey and Dominic. So, like, why does he need a freaking vignette? But who the, but like, then if it's not for him, who the fuck is it for? Like, unless it's just misdirection, and that stuff means nothing. Like, some people are saying it's Bray Wyatt. I don't know why. Like, is Bray really coming back? Like, he's he's been alluding to something on Twitter, but that doesn't mean he's coming back to WWE or going to any wrestling company. I mean, like, it would be cool to see him back. I don't really know why he would go back to WWE, considering how many times they fucked him over. Like... They, he really shouldn't. They've screwed him over so many times. Uh, I wouldn't go. Uh, uh, apparently, dumbass Ryan Sadden thinks it's for Bailey. I don't know why. Uh, it would be interesting. I wouldn't mind it being for Bailey, but I don't know why it would be. Uh, I, uh, like, but like, I mean, I only believe. I'd only actually believe his theory if he had, I don't know, four sources to back that up. Uh, I guess, so. Uh, anyways. I guess we'll see where that goes. Uh, I mean, I always do love a mystery vignette, but it just seems like it's for Edge, who doesn't need one. And then we have the men's money in the bank match, which gets ruined by them adding theory to it at the last minute. And of course he wins. Because like he wouldn't have get, been added to that match and have lost the US title earlier if he wasn't actually going to win. It's like Jericho getting added to that championship scramble match way back when and then he won. Of course Theory is winning this match, otherwise he wouldn't have been added to it. I mean, like, they could have done something where he gets added to it, and then, like, they all gang up on him at the end or whatever and get rid of him or something, and then, but it was, like, really close to him winning. But, of course, he, he fucking won the match, which was stupid as fuck, and fucking ruined it. Like, I, I enjoyed pretty much all of the show until this happened. 
which I mean it didn't ruin the entire show. There was it was a pretty good show up until this point, but like they could have had a hundred uh, a 100% good show. And then they fumbled that right on the goal line. Like I don't mind that he got added to this match. Like if he added if he was put in this match and he didn't win, fine, whatever. Like I mean, it, that adds to the guy's care, uh, storyline. It makes sense for that to happen. But for him to actually win the thing, that fucking ruined it. Uh, like, all they had to do was have Seth or Sammy win this match, and it would have been 100%. Like, it's basically an A+. For a show I had no expectations for. Uh, but, I mean, it drops a full letter grade now. Because you, you really fucked that up. Like, first off, the like I'm I'm looking forward to this Money in the Bank match to see who wins. The winner's not even in the match before the the mat the, the match starts. They they throw someone in there and he wins. It's like I I'm trying to think of like oh there's seven people here right seven people like which one of these seven people like I want this person to win then this person then whatever. It doesn't even, like, my entire, like, line of thoughts for who might win is completely, it's completely irrelevant if you put someone in the match at the very end and that person wins. Like, it, I mean, in some scenarios, I guess that's good, but the person has to be somebody I like for that. Like, to throw logic out the window. But, you threw this guy in there that is a piece of shit. It... Like as far as I'm concerned, he's not he he's not even that good of a wrestler. I don't care if Vince McMahon is high on him. He's not that good of a wrestler to begin with. I've never cared for any of his matches. N not that much. Like the fact that I was even like the the match where he lost the U.S. title to Bobby Lashley earlier in the night is a fucking surprise. Because I don't, like, I don't like theory. I'm not, it's well known pretty much on this podcast that I'm not the biggest fan of Bobby Lashley. Uh, like, sometimes he's had some matches that I've enjoyed, but most of the times, not so much. Somehow, this one worked somehow. Like, I guess maybe because Bobby won the title from him, and I didn't want him to have the U.S. title. But now, looking back, maybe I wish I, he did. Because then he wouldn't have the fucking money in the bank. Uh, but yeah, like, I don't think he's that great of a wrestler. When he gets, when he cashes in, whenever that is, I'm not going to give a fuck. I'm just going to have to hope he loses. I'm not looking forward to this guy being a fucking world champion. Why would I? Seth has been on the ru the run of his freaking career, and he, once again, he gets nothing for it. Sammy winning winning would have been the most interesting thing uh, storyline wise, considering he's with the Bloodline. So, like, what was what would happen there? Uh, I wouldn't have been mad if Drew won, but like, I wouldn't have been that into it. But then, like, outside of the the two people that I just mentioned, like, he's the only other one that really makes sense to win. I mean, like, I don't want the Randy Orton tribute wrestler or Riddle to win. 
Uh, I definitely don't want Madcap Moss to win. Sheamus winning wouldn't, wouldn't happen. And he's already had one ran completely random out of nowhere money in the bank win that made no sense. So, like, we don't need to do it again. Uh, whatever. Like, I feel like I'm missing someone who was in this match. Oh, Amos was in this match. Uh, but yeah, Theory wins, and it's just like, that just, you fucked up, because now I don't care. I mean, I mean, it's bad enough that I don't even think he's that great of a wrestler, but he's also not a great human being, apparently, if, uh, you know anything about him, so, both, like, it's not like, it's not like speaking out didn't happen two years ago, guys. This didn't just go away. Uh, I'm just saying, like, it, his storyline is that he's very close with Vince McMahon, and you know what Vince McMahon's being investigated for in real life these days, right? Well, Austin Theory also has allegations against him. Now, they're not as severe, I guess. That's fair. I mean, that's fair. They're not as severe, but he still has, uh, he still has his own misconduct. Of, I mean, I guess it's liking people, uh, I guess his, his deal is that he does, doesn't like, uh, uh, asking out women who are of age. So, there's that. Uh, that's apparently his thing. Apparently, also apparently, also means allegedly, which, if I have to say that, considering I'm a, I have one listener, so I really don't have to say allegedly, considering this podcast is meaningless. But uh, technically, if you say that on the air, I guess you have to say allegedly. But. That is what it is. Uh, and people are complaining. Complaining is like, oh, normally, or like, I thought people wanted them to push new stars. It's like, yeah, we want them to push new stars, not push mediocre pieces of shit that aren't really that good at wrestling and also a bad human being. Those are two different things. Like, push. It's not put. It's push new stars, not push new stars indiscriminate of, of their talent and who they are as a human. Uh. Yeah. So, everyone's just gonna be like, "Oh, when's he gonna cash in? When's he gonna cash in? Who cares?" I mean, if I had to guess, he's probably gonna cash in. Like before April third of two thousand twenty-three. Because on April 3rd, 2023 is when Money in the Bank turns 18. And as we know, he doesn't like things after they turn 18. So, there's that. Uh, yeah, so, uh, that's Money in the Bank. They, they almost had a perfect show for what, it, for what they had on that card. Anyway, like they almost completely aced it and they fumbled at the goal line. So, uh, I mean, at least Liv won. 
and is the champion for now. That's fun. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's Money in the Bank and Forbidden Door. Uh, I don't know if there's really much else to talk about. Uh, Avalanche won the Stanley Cup. That was great. Kind of wish it went to a seven, seventh game because game six was while I was at Forbidden Door. So I did not get to see the last game of hockey of the year, which is unfortunate. Uh, but, it, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, glad the Avalanche proved me right, and then I wasn't silly for picking them uh, in the final prediction in the, my most recent episode. Uh, just having really weird, silly arguments with people where they tried to tell me that Tampa will win like I'm thinking like if Tampa I'm thinking of like if Tampa wins Tampa's gonna win pretty quickly because Colorado hasn't hasn't won or hasn't played against a team with a real goalie or especially when the caliber of Vasilevsky and then like I keep being told oh if they go to a game seven, Vasilevsky's gonna sh shut everyone down. I'm like, you realize that if they got to a game seven, Colorado was able to get past Vasilevsky and he hasn't been able to shut them down. Like, if Vasilevsky was gonna shut them down, would have done so in the beginning. If they got to a game seven, that means they won three games. That means they were able to solve them. That means that those game seven stats are not relevant. So stop trying to tell me that. Like, like everything you're, every reason you're tra telling me that Tampa is going to win Game Seven, me, is like, is evidence that they would win earlier than Game Seven if they were going to. Like, I don't understand. Why is this your only argument? get to game seven, but Colorado would have won game seven. It would have happened. Like, I gave them, I did not think they were going to win game six. Like, I gave them very little chance of winning that game, and they won. They proved me wrong. So, <coughs> if you're telling me that Colorado can't win game seven, when I already thought that Colorado could have win game six, and they did, well, they're gonna, they proved me wrong. So, like, they would have won game seven because they would have just proven you wrong. They were already proven me wrong when I thought they had no chance of winning game six. So, uh, yeah. Uh, new Shinedown album came out on Friday, finally. The one that I did a whole episode about, basically. Or I did a whole Shinedown episode about. Uh, before I talked about this. And like I said, I was pretty wary of this album because it's supposed to be political for some reason when none of their albums were political before. It's like, why now do you have to do one? It's just like, why? It's like, like you better not do something stupid here. Like, if you're gonna make a political album, you better not do, say stupid shit in this and 
for the most part, I think they got away with doing this album without being too dumb, but at the same time, there's some songs which have, like, really some questionable lyrics in them, <coughs> especially the song America Burning, that song is embarrassing, uh, I, I don't foresee myself ever listening to that song again, uh, there's a few songs that are clearly about cancel culture and just about cancel culture and doesn't just happen to have a glancing lyric or have a lyric that happens to sound like something related to cancel culture like Planet Zero does but like it kind of gets away with it so weird but uh, Planet Zero ultimately is probably the best song in the album uh, but like there's a couple of them that are clearly just all about cancel culture and for those of us who for the most intelligent ones of us who know cancel culture is not a real thing. It's just a buzzword used by the right to try to get a, uh, to try to attack people for, so they can get away with being terrible humans and such, uh, because they don't want to be held accountable. So they just use this buzzword. But most of us know that can cancel culture doesn't exist. So, because of that, the songs that are clearly about those things, they just completely fall flat. There's a couple of them on here. Especially the final one on the album. There's there's a couple of them. Uh, America Burning has, like, at least two lyrics that are completely stupid. Uh, and somehow it seems like that's people's favorite song on this album, so that's questionable. Uh, from what I'm seeing on their subreddit. Like, everyone seems to like this song, and I don't understand why. It's clearly the worst one on this album. Uh, but there's also, but th there's some on there that are really good. There, there's some that are questionable, and there's some that fall flat, and there's one that's an embarrassment. And then the robot in interludes are stupid. That's what it is. Uh, I still don't know what a saint of violence and innuendo is. I still have no idea. Uh, I don't know where I rank this album of all their albums. It probably... I, but it's probably second to last at best. Because uh, I'm never putting it above t Attention Attention. I'm never putting it above Leave a Whisper. I'm never putting it above... So, well, maybe I would put it Maybe it's third to last at best. Okay, so I'm never putting it above Leave a Whisper, Attention, Attention, uh, Threat to Survival, and Amaryllis. It's never going above those four. Uh, depending on how I feel at the time, it, it could potentially go above Us and Them and Sound of Madness. Uh... So, at best, it's a middle-of-the-pack album. And, uh, hope they just decide to go back to making non-political music, because, not that, I'm, like, I, like, I'm not one of those people who, like, make, who says, oh, you have to stick to this or that. I'm not that way. But if you're, if you're gonna make political music, you have to make the correct political music. 
not one that tries to bring everyone together. Not one, not music that criticizes both sides as if both sides are wrong. Because there's one side that's clearly wrong and one side that's clearly right. So, if you're going to make political music, it has to at least be the right kind. The one that gets, that's against the Christo-fascists that run this country. Or more or less do. It doesn't matter who the president is, clearly. Because he ain't doing shit to stop anything. Is he? Uh, it would be nice if it mattered who the president was. Because realistically, we have a president who's on one side, but all the bad shit from the other side is still happening. And he hasn't he doesn't seem to care to do enough to really do anything besides tweet. And it's like, we can't we have to stop this. It's like, you're the president. Do something. But you know, that that that's how it is. This this country is fucked. Happy Fourth of July. We have no independence. Fuck the Supreme Court. Get rid of everyone who voted against uh, voted to and Roe versus Wade. And everything else they've done in the past week or two. Fuck off. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that, that, that's the end of this podcast. But I mean, anyway, I mean, we're getting close to an hour when I'd have to cut this off to start another part if I was supposed to, but I was supposed to leave work in 10 minutes anyway. So, uh, yeah, fuck, fuck fascism. And there you go. Have a nice day.